Jamaica 28 to 3. Arthur Blank loving it. Up by 25. Tossed away. All right, you are listening to another episode of the 28 to 3 podcast. I'm Corey. I'm here with Max and Nick. So on today's episode, we're going to get into OTAs, but not just reporting on OTAs or talking about observations. We're going to get into the value of what you see in OTAs. You know, we've we've talked about this off air. Uh, Max and Nick and I have talked about, do you really get anything out of OTAs? Uh, It's all observations from beat reporters. Uh, it's press conferences. They don't have pads on. But then again, there are certain things that come up where you say, maybe that's something. So we're going to throw out some observations, say, is that something or nothing? And we're also going to talk about the whole idea of evaluating a team alone uh, at this point in the offseason based on OTAs. So, you know, Max, we've talked about this. Uh, today, the Saints completed their third OTA. Their next stop in the offseason is minicamp. You know, what is your first, let's talk about your overall stance on OTAs. Is it something to talk about or is it not really something to talk about? I mean, OTAs are definitely something to talk about. You know, I'm a Saints news junkie. I will, you know, I will digest any news I can find on it. But at the same point, I'm not going to freak out and scream Super Bowl when I see that Derek Carr went eight for eight against air. Well, you should. Eight for eight. Yeah, that, that's, that's impressive. <laughs> I think Nick went like 15 for 15 last time we were tossing the football around. Yeah, elite. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, but did Nick show up to practice with a hoodie with his sleeves rolled up, showing off the guns? I mean, he doesn't have Derek Carr's guns, but who does? Yeah, I mean, so that's another thing. It's like observations. Is it something or is it nothing? Derek Carr's guns, something or nothing? Yeah, look, it's something because he's got some guns. <laughs> But um, I think the whole the stance we're, we're, we're talking about today with OTAs, you know, how much does it really matter that everything we see? You know, we look on Twitter, we see like, oh, so-and-so went eight for eight. You know, they're running a 4-3 defense right now for, you know, 25% of the, uh, the install. Uh, you know, Brian Brze is working with the third team. I mean, how much? I don't know. I, I don't read too much into any of that. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It, it, it's fun to, you know, to get new Saints content, but at the same point, you know, how much of this is actually useful, in my opinion? Not much, man. Yeah, so, I mean, and we talked about this before. And it- actually, actually, hold on. Let me hold that thought. Let me say this, because I know sure. it was a couple of years ago. Who was that wide receiver? Emmanuel Butler. Everybody was freaking the fuck out about Emmanuel Butler in rookie minicamp and then in OTAs, and then the dude never played. You know, and it happens every what year. What was the one before that that we kept that what? blew up in a mini camp? Man, there was a couple of them. There was Sean Tavius Jones. There was Brandon Coleman. Now, Coleman did manage to stick around for a few years and was a great blocker and a, and a, and a fantastic Arrington. number four or five. Arrington was a big talk of. Uh, Adrian Arrington, yeah. <laughs> on, on a May Ojo. I was about to say, that's Ojo, the Ojo next was one. a really big one. That They thought his size and everything, he was going to be something and never did anything. So I think there's not much to talk about. I think what you're looking for in the in this part of the you know off season is what's the team look like? How is Derek controlling the team? Mm-hmm. Does it look organized? Does it look like it's a cohesive unit? 
I don't think you're looking at any performance metrics or any, I mean, someone could blow up right now and it means absolutely nothing. But if it looks like we're moving in the right direction, you know, we've had these couple years since Drew left where, not to say it was sloppy, but just a certain tone in these type of practices where it seems like Derek may have you know, kind of taking control of the team right. where there's mentoring going on, where there's communication going on, telling players, this is what I expect of you that maybe was missing the last couple of years that all of a sudden is showing back up. Now we all know he's not Drew Brees. We're not, we're not saying Nobody that, is, but just from a standpoint and a mindset of the team, I think that's mostly what I'm looking for. And what's it look like? Do we look like we're coming together? Let's not worry about what his completion percentages or, or, you know, how right. some rookie free agent looks at the receiver position, you know, catches one over Lattimore or something, and all of a sudden he's going to be a star. Usually that doesn't materialize. We're just looking for the way the team is operating yeah. from my standpoint. And my perspective on it is, you know, my first inclination anyway, is it has to be something. You know, the team's been dormant pretty much. I mean, since, we're starved for news. Right, we're starved for news, so... So with the team being dormant since the last play of the season, uh, except for the draft, which is not an, obviously not an on-field thing. But us wanting you, news you just, doesn't make it mean something either. Right. And so that's what I'm saying. Like, my first inclination is that it has to be something because they're, they're on the field. They're wearing the helmets. They're wearing the uniforms. The, they got the stupid uh, mushroom padded things to make helmets. sure that no one has a concussion, even though they're not wearing pads. Uh, all these things that point to this is something this is but then again you know i do turn my head and lose interest when i see somebody like max said freaking out over Derek Carr went eight for eight in seven on seven or uh five of five seven on seven and then when they went to team drills he went another three of three it's like okay what is what is a team drill when no one's wearing pads first off so i agree that when you're breaking down statistics from an OTA, that's a little bit too far afield. But I will say, <laughs> I did see on Twitter those uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneer QB highlights or, or lowlights, if you want to. <laughs> and Baker Mayfield, and the, really this isn't just to knock Baker because Trask did it too. They were missing on air. I mean, they were <laughs> they were yeah. overthrowing their guys. So I, I don't look at it eight for eight and say Derek Carr was perfect. No, it's not that. But... I do think, like kind of like Nick said, you 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 get a feel, maybe hopefully. Well, for the let me team. say this: so Drew Brees' first year in New Orleans, he couldn't even throw the damn ball in OTAs. Right, and then you got to uh, the preseason; he did not look good in the preseason, man. Like yeah. it was, you know, there was some actual concern. You know, we didn't sure. know what we had in him at that point. And then obviously, yeah. uh, once we got to the regular season, you know, it was a slower start, and then he ramped up, and obviously never looked back at that point. Um, my biggest thing with OTAs is I want to see what the attendance is. And attendance was up mm-hmm. this year over prior year, which is great news. You know, last year there were a few too many people missing. That's but, also something that should make you feel a little better about the coaching staff. No, absolutely. It, it, it's a great sign for uh, things going into the season. You know, and there were a, there's still a few key guys that are missing. I know Lattimore hasn't been there yet and you know you'd like to see him out there especially when you hear interviews from the other secondary guys like Alante Taylor, Tyran Matthew you know and they're talking about 
the time right now is being spent building up chemistry and, and just getting to know each other. Because they, they all cited that last year that was a big issue. You know, most of the people were new in the defensive back room, and that translated over to uh, them struggling a little bit at the early part of the season. So I would like to see Lattimore out there just building up a little more rapport with the rest of the secondary guys. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't think it's a cause for concern, but, you know, you'd like to see him out there as a team leader. Yeah, I agree. And, and you know, I think there have – been some things in OTAs to me that have stood out. Uh, but again... What you got? Tell us a few. Okay, so I think there's two. Th- there's the play on the field. Okay, the 8 of 8 thing with Derek Carr. Okay, we're, I'm not freaking out and going to say Super Bowl. And there's a few people on Twitter jokingly saying that. But if you compare that to when... Jameis came in after Breeze because, and even uh, when they gave well, remember Dalton, it was a competition between Taysom and uh, Jameis right, and even when you give Taysom reps, even against Air, those guys did have you know it was reported those guys did have some misses. They weren't necessarily perfect. You did not hear the reports that they have a presence, so to speak, and you know so I am encouraged by. The fact that, you know, kind of like we talked about in one of our last or one of our earlier episodes where, you know, this, except for the random ass Rams games and a couple of duds that Sean Payton played, when Sean Payton had a good team, when he had an 09 team, when he had an 11 team, uh, NFC championship teams, we beat the bad teams the way we were supposed to beat them. And juxtapose that to OTAs, you know, Carr did what he was supposed to do against well, let me say, Let me interject. You know, I he, think what you're saying, and correct me if I'm wrong, Carr is, he's making more adjustments at the line. And that was something that, you know, the center was making the adjustments the last two years for the quarterbacks. Well, Obviously, not even, Breeze handled all that. Right. So we're seeing Carr take more control from that respect. And that's a great there, There's sign. the presence thing. But, that's a great but even, sign. But even on a more surface level than that, it's OTAs. There's no pads. It's air. So you would expect, like, if you got a guy who's worthy of being a starter, worthy of being a starter who can lead you to the playoffs which is what we signed up car to do that dude shouldn't miss a pass against air um and he didn't he yeah knew, he I, sim- I think very that, simply put he did what he was supposed to do i think that matters I think less that's encouraging than the part where you're talking about him calling out the line protections him see, calling that's the audibles. important thing to me see because that's something we haven't had yeah since drew left right so the best quarterbacks in the league all do that Oh yeah, they yeah. they are in charge of the whole offense. You don't have to delegate something to the center. Right. Now, not that there aren't great centers in the league that do that and do it well. That sure there are a couple, but we've had the some. best quarterbacks in the league are control of everything. They yeah. understand the protection. They understand the coverage. They understand the plays they're running. They know when to audible out. Him that just shows that he's already gaining an understanding of what we're trying to do. He's a leader. He's you know a longtime vet. That's what we haven't had. Yeah. In my opinion, the it, the biggest issue with Jameis was not his skill level. Everyone could see what he could do throwing a football. Yeah. It looked like a first pick. In There's the a reason he was the first pick in the draft. The problem with Jameis for me always, and when we signed him, was I don't believe anyone took him seriously. And when he got here, I think he really tried to change that. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, it's something you have or you don't have. Yeah. And to have it is elite. 
It's not necessarily a total knock on Jameis. There aren't many people who just can come in and command everyone's attention and be able to keep everybody There's on the same page. There's less than 15 in the world. Right. <laughs> yeah. Probably less yeah. than that. Probably if you're really if you're holding it to a high standard, it's probably less than that. And Jameis, you know, we all love the dancing and the fun. We all love that, but I just don't feel anyone ever took him really seriously. Yeah. yeah. And now that has changed and I think that's what we're seeing very early on is that Car pulling Jamal Williams aside in in one of those clips where you know sure. like hey here's where this is what we're trying to do with this play right that's what was missing not skill as much as someone who's it's in command. command of everything the word is command and it's it's again the quarterbacks in the NFL are paid professionals they're all making over a million dollars you know there's less than a hundred of them in the league they're all making over a million dollars pretty much. And the reality is they're all going to complete passes against air. You know, the reason the whole Trask-Mayfield thing got so much play was because they weren't. And that's the exception. Right. All these guys are professionals. You know what I mean? So I don't. it doesn't get me excited when I see Carr completing passes that are 10 yards down the field against air. The real thing I appreciate is the command of the offense, like Nick was saying, and I brought up before. That is what we need to see because we have not had that. The fact yeah. that we have had to depend on a center the last two years to make all these adjustments at the line – is it's ridiculous and a center who was trying to improve very young not right. an established great center yeah a guy who's trying he in to, his third year trying to right. get his yeah. game going middle of the road because of his inexperienced right. center yeah. and then put all that on him in addition to him trying to get better you know that just shows where we were quarterback wise with Jameis and dalton and we were wandering the desert looking for water yeah. here's my word on you know car's performance on the field in OTAs, you know, again, this is per observations of, of media, but it's more of relief as opposed to excitement. Cause at this point, like y'all said, I mean, there's no pads. He can make adjustments at the line. He can command certain things, but he doesn't really have uh, the full arsenal at his disposal to sure. You can mock, make adjustments against air or whatever, but you're not going to really see how it plays out. So, Hearing the way that he's operating the offense and OTAs, the precision, the people are saying he's got zip on his passes, he's distributing the ball. Uh, I think they said a lot of, you know, the first OTAs anyway, The a lot of his passes were going, I think Jawan Johnson was his favorite target. You know, again, it's not excitement because of that. It's really just relief. Okay, he's doing what he's supposed to do. And uh, but I, I think, think that's something you're going to probably see in the season, though. Yeah. It's going to be Juwan Johnson. It's going to be Kamara or Williams or you know Keandre, whoever it is in the backfield. He's going to run a safer type of yeah. offense, which is, in my opinion, what was missing from the Saints. We right. lost games on offense last year and the year before. If yeah. we just don't lose those games, and he can finish in the red zone at a higher efficiency than we did last year. Last year, if we finish in the red zone, we're a double-digit win team. Yeah. We Close gave games. up tons yeah. of opportunities down there. Yeah. And that, if, if just that one aspect of the team changes, you know, we're in good shape. I think, you know, we talk about Carr back and forth. He has to be what we signed him for. What did we sign him for? Okay, he's not a top 10 paid quarterback. Okay, he's outside of that. If he is just right around there, then we hit a home run. Yeah. He doesn't need to be an elite top level all pro level quarterback for this roster to be very competitive in the NFC. 
he needs to be solid. He needs to be a potential pro bowler. That level of quarterback, which I think is where we paid him. We paid him around, I don't know, 12th, 14th in the league as it's shaken out, you know, after the offseason was done, Lamar and all these guys getting their contracts, more contracts to come with Burrow. But if he just performs at that level where we paid him, then it's a huge luxury because we have paid accurate value for Carr. We didn't overpay for Carr, which is why we thought we lost him initially because mm-hmm. we weren't willing to go up to a level that was maybe too much for what he was. So we come in, he comes in. So far, it looks exactly the part we're hoping. Yeah. So yeah. we have and, to be excited about that. And here's the one thing I'll say to wrap up the, the car decision because, I mean, the car topic, the and going back to OTAs as well, what they do in the field is one thing, sure. Uh, any beat rider can get out there and tell people what they think they saw regardless of their football background. Right. But the cool thing to me about OTAs is that there's – not only do you get to see what they do on the field, which is really just a hint of what they might do later, but you get to hear what they say because it gives them an, that you know media availability requirement, basically. And one thing that, to your point, Nick, that Carr said today, uh, I heard his, his media availability, availability interview from today. He said, you know, he gets to just be himself here. And it's kind of like with, J- like with Jameis, looking at Carr, looking at other QBs that didn't pan out. You, the NFL shows you can't ever be you know who you're not you have to you either are your true self as an NFL QB and that that either works or it doesn't Jameis tried to fit the mold of the uh, game commander the breeze type Sean Payton field general type it just didn't work you he know? had big and, talent yeah. I think he was trying to transform himself yeah it's just and, a hard thing to learn when you don't just initially have it. Yeah, and so to put a cap on the, on the car thing, it was really encouraging. Again, you see what you see on the field, but also to hear what he says. And what he said today, and again, talk could be cheap, sure, but I think it, it's, it's meaningful in this case, and y'all can disagree with me, but when I hear a guy like Carr say, you know, this isn't like my last stop where, you know, well, he, he's not. like, he's, he literally said, he's, <laughs> well, no, he said, I don't have to worry about droughts here. I don't have to worry about being the guy to lead us out of something you know he's like i'm coming to this team that has had success i'm coming to this team that that. that already is talented and so he's like i just get to show up and and do my thing and 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 study film and talk to my receivers talk to mike great to see mike out on the field today talk to olave he's you know all the things that look it (laughs) gets an a plus for at least what he's saying but it was really encouraging to hear him say i just get to be me Getting back to it, so. what Max said about Breeze, though. Breeze was running his first OTAs in minicamp, not being able to throw the ball. He was out there making the team better, going through the motions. Carr is going through the motions, throwing the ball. None of the, none of the actual football stuff matters at all right now. Agreed. He has to get the team all moving in the same direction. That's what it's looked like so far. Does it mean anything yet? No. But that's what start. we're looking to watch. Right. It's a good start. Now, I will say this, though, and I'm moving on to a different part of OTAs. One thing I do like to watch every year is just seeing the uh, the rookies on the field and just kind of seeing physically how they stack up with the vets. You know, with how you had the discrepancy in the height, weight measurements going from college to the NFL, and even the Saints, they inflate their guys a little bit. 
as well. You know, when you're seeing them out there side by side, you can kind of get a better feel for how big someone is and how athletic they are when you see them move. You know, I'll use A.T. Perry as an example. Um, I think at the combine, he measured at 6'3". All of a sudden, you look at the Saints roster, he's six foot five. So seeing him out on the field, standing next to a Michael Thomas, you know, that gives you a little more perspective as to how big he is and how lanky he is and that he needs to put on some weight. But uh, I like seeing how they stack up physically against the vets. Yeah. I mean, I think that's – and that was another thought I had is that OTA is becoming increasingly popular based on who's showing up that you're excited about. I mean – Here's a here's a side thing. It, it, who's the last – Saints player who came out of nowhere in OTA's minicamp to actually make an impact. <laughs> like a big impact. Not not like, oh, he got some snaps on special teams. Who was the last one to kind of come out of nowhere? Is it Colston? Is it that No, far because back? Colston, I listened to his interview on uh, Underhill and Triplets pod the other day. He was talking about coming out of OTA's in minicamp. He thought he was getting cut. Converted he thought end. that, but Peyton was raving about well, it. Well, no, no, no. Not after the first round of him. When he came back for, uh, I guess, training camp, he said he came back with a whole different mindset. He's like, I have to fight for this because I'm about to get fired. I can't remember. I would say Willie Sneed. Willie Sneed. I was, was going to say Sneed. Because I remember Underhill being all over him, talking about, like, this dude, he's going to be good. I can't remember if he was a training camp pickup or if he was there for OTAs, but... He was picked up the previous season off what about of Lance? Uh, practice oh, no. squad. Lance Moore. Lance Lance was a better player than Willie or no? Oh, yeah. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, 100%. I think so. He 100%. came out of nowhere. Yeah. Um, they both Early. And, Lance Anyone Moore, recent? Anyone like in the last five to eight years that man, you can I can't, think it, it's, of? It's, honestly, it's the opposite. Tom, like we Tommy talked Lee on, Lewis? touched on earlier. You know, it's your uh, Shontavious Jones. It's your uh, Emmanuel Butlers. It's players like that. Because wide receivers are the ones that always stand out the most in rookie camp and, and uh, OTAs because you're running routes on air. You know what I mean? There's no real physicality to it. You're just watching these big guys run and, and do what they're paid to do. So they're always they did fall in love with Callaway early. <laughs> yeah, he, Shaw did. He's got him back. And look, he made an impact that year. He had to. He was he was a decent player. Like I told you that whole year, he's a great number four. Hey, I will say, I am glad that we are done with worrying about if our coach is lusting over some player, just because. It's his guy. Yeah, I mean, true. God, did, that was a concern. It did hurt. The, it did hurt Peyton a bit. I mean, the the Taysom contract, the love with Taysom, the don't get me started on Cadet, yeah, Traveris Cadet, yeah. Jesus Christ, um, the guy on the no call. Um, oh, Tommy Lee Tommy Lewis, Lee. God damn he it, loved Tommy Lee, and Tommy Lee could not <laughs> hold on to a ball for his life. He uh, fumbled yeah, every he time was, he touched it because Bill Parcells told Peyton about him. Yeah, so he had he had to. Go and I'll be it. honest with you, if Tommy Lee could have held on to the ball, he could have been an actual player. For us, but he, even when he got tackled, the ball fumbled out of Dude, bounds. He was like every five time. six. I yeah. think they listed him at five seven, so he's probably five four. Yeah. And so yeah, Peyton did love Lutz is another one. Maybe you know you got there's a lot of those. Um, but with that said, him falling in love with players also allowed some of those late rounders to get in probably sooner than he would have got in. And a lot of those well, made big impact. guys, yeah. Yeah, so... Pierre Thomas. There were good and bad. Pierre Thomas d- doesn't make a roster in a lot of spots. Remember, and, they had picked uh, Antonio Pittman. And they traded him. In the, uh, th- no, him. no, they cut they him. Flat out cut him. Flat out cut him. So, you know, you take the good with the bad with Peyton. I'm not going to criticize him too much, but because we got a Colston, we got a Pierre, we got... More all, importantly, we got a Super Bowl. Mike Bell. We got a ton of players that 
that made it work. But he also fell in love with players that really were detrimental to the roster later in his career with the Saints. Yeah, and he, he, look, I'm gonna I'm gonna change gears on this. I will say the one position that OTAs I'm actually intrigued in this year is the uh, kicker battle. Um, <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, this is you know it's off season when you're talking about kickers. Well, no. I mean, look, we've 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 uh, <laughs> made our point on Lutz over the last couple of episodes. You know, talking about how he struggled the last few years with injuries and then also with uh, performance when he's played, with the exception of the game in London last year, which, as we touched on, could have been the greatest kicker game ever if he connects on that second 60-plus yard. Two 60-yarders in a game would have been the greatest kicker game ever. It really would have. But that being said, he makes a lot of money, and I believe he's in the last year of his contract, and they have a... uh, undrafted rookie free agent kicker in camp right now who they apparently are raving about. So what needs to happen for them to keep him and, and cut Lutz? What needs to happen, in your opinion? I don't know. He just he went 6-for-6 six six today, I believe, and they, he was nailing 50-yard field goals. So let's see if he can keep it going. But Lutz can hit 60s. So Apparently this kid can too. So obviously we need to see what happens in the game, but I just want to – the fact that he's going 6-for-6 six six right now, like kickers, that's a stat – I'll so, be. I'll get behind on that. My question is: Does Lutz need a fail, or can this kid just beat him out straight up? Both of them looking great, and we just decide to make a money decision. I or, think, with the, yeah, with the money decision involved, it's a possibility. You think that's enough? Yeah. Okay. So if Lutz comes out, plays great, and this kid also comes out, you, you know, know what I think out? happens? I think it's going to be like the uh, the Morstead Gillikin situation, where somehow this kid develops some kind of injury, gets thrown on IR, basically gets a redshirt year. year. Lutz finishes out the contract. I can see that. I see that more because I, I do think there's a loyalty to Lutz. If if he comes out and plays well, I don't see any scenario they actually get rid of him. Um, but I do see a scenario like that, you know, all of a sudden he has a hamstring injury yep. and, and we keep him and next year he's our kicker. I could see that more. Now, if Lutz comes out and struggles, I could see it. Yeah. I was cutting him. I think the scenario that's most likely is, like you just said, you know, this kid's going to have a hamstring injury or a groin pull or something, just like Gillikin did mysteriously. Keep him mm-hmm. on the roster All of a sudden, the he's minimum. on IR for the whole year, and then next year, he's the uh, he's the kicker. Saints right. love him some IR. Some minor injury. It's a smart way to hey. pack people away. It's like yeah. drafting the foreign players in the NBA. You just leave them yeah. over there for a it's little It's a smart while. move. It's a smart move. Yeah, if the guys are bought in, they'll do it. Well, um, you got any more OTA thoughts? Yeah, I mean, as I'm going through the topics and the observations you hear, it, it like I said, it brings me to like a something or nothing. Uh, so one deep take that I know you loved, Max, is it something or is it nothing? Uh, the Saints were observed in their first OTA running. Uh, what was it? I'm looking it up here. Uh, over half of their snaps were run out of the four three. They only ran twenty five percent of snaps out of the same formation last year. Max, is that something or is that nothing? Oh my fucking god. <laughs> It's absolutely nothing. This team is not going to change what they're running. Zach Bond will probably see five snaps a game as the Sam linebacker, and you're going to see Pete Werner and Demario Davis playing 99% of the snaps. I mean, the only thing that's interesting to me on the defense is what (laughs) does the line rotation look like as we get closer to the season? What's the defensive line look like? How are they moving those pieces around and making that work? Because there's a lot of them. And it's too early to read into, you know, Brzee running uh, third team. That doesn't mean shit right now. I did see a line that he took first team snaps today. Again, that doesn't mean shit at this point. Let me tell you. He's moving up the depth chart. It means nothing at this You can forget all of it. That's why OTAs, in a lot of cases, bullshit. He's starting. Okay, when so he is starts. starting when the season starts. So let me Trust just get this straight, Max. You're saying that the Saints are not going to run a 4-3 this year and that 
Brian Brzee has not already risen from third string to first string on the depth chart based on OTA observations. Is that true? What I am saying is the Saints (laughs) are going to run the same defensive scheme they have run for the entire Dennis Allen era. They are going to predominantly run with two linebackers and more defensive backs. That's going to be what happens. And then Brzee is going to end up starting. I'll I'll put it this way. Some of these... They didn't pick him in the first round for him to ride the pine. Correct. He won't be a rotational player behind those two. It just won't. He's starting. He's starting and you hope you got it right. Yeah. Yeah. And, And again, like there's also with... The way we rotate players, maybe he doesn't play the actual first snap of the game. Maybe he doesn't even play the majority of the snaps, but he will play. I, I will say he will play the majority of the snaps. He might not take the That's first snap. I think he's he does going play to play the majority of the yeah. snaps. You, you're correct. You know, you don't know what that looks like. Maybe but just he the way that Dennis start. Allen runs a defense, he he's always changing his rotation. Yeah. I think he ends up being your getting your the most snaps at DT of any DT on the team. Agree. Is what I think. Agree. Sure, sure. And I think there's also scenarios where you see him pushed outside at defensive end. Yeah, which is why we're going to run a 4-3 this year. I think that first observation is just incredibly profound. It's fucking stupid, and the fact that you (laughs) have it in your notes is retarded. That's what I'm saying. A lot of these, I'll call them like deep observations, like like deep cuts— they're 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 just kind of. I'm like, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, it's it's interesting that they're even installing it. Or even that's interesting. I think it's. I'm not saying it's something because something would be higher than interesting. So wait, they don't do installs every year at the no, first but I mean, practices. Like, well, you know, they could install their three four. They could install their base. They could show the new guys the base. They could show Shepard and uh, Saunders well, base, the base. Their you know? base is a is a four three. They just don't like we talked about how when I said the base, starters I mean, don't play. You know, might not play more than a couple plays. It's, it's right. They rotate in so much. Well, when I say base, I mean like the formation they run the most. They don't run the 4-3 the most. It might be technically the base quote-unquote formation. Anyway, I don't want to spend a whole lot of time. Because that's one of those deep... <laughs> yeah, it's a four and change. It's a four I know and there's four in the front. Yeah, four, there's, four, yeah. there's four and a half and three, two and change. Yeah, look, the reality is with this secondary... I'm going to say this. We, hold on. The, the secondary, which we have been on record saying that we think is going to be the strength of the team this year. You know, Nick, you've talked about it. It's one of the strongest secondaries we've seen. You know, it, it's you're going to play to your strength. You're it not going to throw Zach Vaughn on the field. We should have all the secondary in the field this year. Exactly. It should be Teron, May, Abram, Alante, Adebo, mm-hmm. Roby, Latimer. <laughs> yeah. That's who field. should be on yeah. the field all third, the time. Yeah. Third and long, your linebackers are Marcus May and Teron Matthew. <laughs> well, or, no, your linebackers are going to be Demario. I, mean, that, I know that's no, this is stretch. I mean, but your it's linebackers like, might be Demario and, and Abram, Roy, Demario and Romay. Demario is on the field. It could be a whole very. That's why it's so versatile. It's yeah. The secondary is, and Abram can't cover. We all know that. But as a secondary player, you put him in a Jamal Adams role. Yeah, you actually put him in the right role. Yeah, that guy could become a star. Yeah. No one's everyone's expecting safety. him to do things he doesn't right. do well. And again, and that's that's why this point of the offseason, these takes that are coming out, these observations that are only made by people who are granted the media credentials to be out there observing them. And again, only observing them for a limited amount of practice. You know, it's like we like Max said, we cling on to this stuff. It's it, we haven't seen them yet. We we want to see them. And so, you know, when you hear things like, oh, they they rolled out uh Alante Taylor or he ran half of his snaps out of the nickel, uh, out of the slot. Uh, so, you know, you're going to have guys who are like, see, told you, Lonte Taylor in the slot this year. But obviously, you want to say that. You you want to cling to that, but you can't. 
Well, the other you thing know. is these people are paid for content, and they have to put content out. Right. And if all the contact they can spot, the content they can spot is a four three defense. I mean, that's you know whatever they're getting paid for. It, they got to. Corey, put it out. they know you want content right now as I do. a Saints right. fan. I do. They know it, so they have to put something out there. So, like and a lot of the media stuff is all I have. BS. I have no shame in at least reading it. <laughs> and I will and do. We it. all do. We all we all want to read about you know the team as much as we can. Just I just take think it with a grain. A of lot salt. of it is just. Fluff. Yeah, it's I, just fluff. I kind of almost at this point in the season, in the off season, I almost kind of look and search for the people who were, you know, taking it to the moon. Like, who, who's who's got the worst take out of the entire OTAs? Is it is it me on this podcast? I would is say it, so. Yeah, it, <laughs> you get my vote. Which one? Which um, take? Oh, I don't know. I've had a lot of bad takes so take far. Which take are you regretting? Let's just ask you that. From OTAs. <laughs> you know what? This is a good From OTAs. Well, episode. that's what I was going to say. There, there's an entire episode that we are going to have. I don't know if we are ready because there's still some more skins to be put on the wall, but there will be a Hills of Death Man, that episode one, where, because yeah. we are we have died on some, I've died on the most, obviously, but there's Hills that we've died on that needs some rehashing and revisiting. I think we uh, released the, the lost Lorenzo Neal Hill as a special to uh, anyone who subscribes uh, to this yeah. road. Yeah, I don't know if they're ready for it. That, no, no one is ready for there it. Was I'm some, not ready for carnage. it. Lorenzo Neal. There was some carnage on Rashid that one. Shahid combo. I mean, it's not often that we had, I mean, really, we haven't recorded over any audio before that. And I don't know if we ever will, but that one was, whew. Yeah, we, we should not have stopped recording on that one. But That'll hey, be hey, a bye week special. But I've recovered. But I've recovered. That's a bye week special. It has been recovered. I went I went Nicolas Cage, National Treasure on that shit. I recovered it. We have it. And so, well, yeah. You know what? Bankruptcy. Said, that's the, uh, the bye <laughs> week special. Once we get the subscribers all, all stood up, we'll, we'll, we'll use that as a, as a carrot. It'll be worth it. Um, okay, one last something or nothing. Mike Thomas was there today. I, nothing. It's nothing, but I like that he was actually out there, and he did say that he will be ready for training camp. So I'll take him at his word and and, and you know be optimistic. The last thing on Thomas, we've discussed. Max was a little more hesitant than Corey and I. The dude has something to prove, and the guy is a relentless motherfucker. Hey, and again, I if his I body am on holds record, up, yeah. he is going to destroy people. This I am week. on record saying I hope. That you are completely right, and I am completely wrong. I'm just more hesitant because he has basically not played for three years. Yeah, the the I get the, it. The easiest... but look, look, instead of going off on this on this tangent, that was a great thing to see him on the field. Yeah, and then well, him it saying that what I'm saying is that he's like I'm here to destroy people because there's no reason well, for a Michael Thomas. He's not cleared here. yet, so let's temper it a little. It's like I agree, it's, but he's here. He doesn't have to be here. It's it's he great could easily to be see... like I'm still. Working through the process. You know, he did that the last three years. It didn't yep. work out. And right. it's, that's why I'm saying I think it's a little different. He's Again, ready to destroy people. We're he hungry. Zion going neck and neck with the three years of uh, bonehead decisions. Not yeah. three for Zion. That's not true. <laughs> I mean, look, it, yeah, it's great to see him. And it, like I said before, it's also great to hear these guys. But the easiest thing for Mike Thomas to do right now is talk. Exactly. I want we to see need to play. see him on the field that mean I trust he's doing everything he's supposed to do. But like Max says, he hasn't been here in the past. He's here. Yeah. I'm just saying. Well, he was... He is ready to prove a lot of people wrong finally. This is what we've been waiting for. Carr in his press conference was talking about how MT was blowing him up before he even decided to come here and and he said MT was calling him like, hey, did you do it? Did you do it? And, uh, 
you know, so like hearing that stuff, I think I'm that's also what I'm not going to blame Mike for is. not being super pumped about the Winston Dalton Taysom situation. No, I don't. I don't. I feel yeah. like he is reengaged now. Let's see. He, if he should be engaged. He's a paid professional. He, he should, should be. be engaged all the time. He wasn't though. I know he wasn't, he wasn't here, which is another story. He is now. Yeah. So that's something. This is the leadership we're talking about. Hmm? There's mm-hmm. a certain person who showed up. All of a sudden, Mike is here early. People want to be here. 80 out of 89 attendance right off the bat. That's good. Actually, that's, so, a, that's a perfect wrap-up to the episode, though, because it goes yeah. back to Derek Carr's, the first thing we were talking about, his command of the huddle, which extends to his command of the team, which yeah. is being shown by Michael Thomas being there. So Carr is yep. obviously having a positive effect. So that, to me, is bigger than him going for eight for eight. That's, yeah. my, that's my closing thoughts. And I agree with that. Starts with the most important position on the field. He brought people in. So we have our takeaways from OTAs. We some of us have our somethings, some of us have our nothings. Uh, you know, this portion of the offseason is now wrapped up. Mini camp is next, which means we're gonna have a lot of time to come up with some crazy ass episode ideas because it shit's about to get pretty dry <laughs> in the next few weeks and months until training camp starts. So uh, thanks again for listening to another episode of the twenty eight to three podcast. Till next time. What a